Accountants Are Sexy is back for another season and this season we'll see our 100th episode. I want to take a moment to thank everyone that's helped so far. Every like, listen, subscribe, watch, all of it means the world to me. This season is sponsored by Charterpath. Charterpath is a charity designed to help the financial skills gap within non-profits. I've recently joined their advisory board to help them on their mission to increase volunteering within the financial sector from only 10% to a very healthy 50%. If you want any more information on how you can be a part of this mission, then drop me a message or leave a comment or visit their website, charterpath.org. Now, are we ready to meet the guests? Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Accountants Are Sexy, Change My Mind. For those of you who were at DAS, obviously when I was on stage, you were crowded around the stage that I was on, obviously. <laughs> and because you were there, you would know that my guest today was the guest on stage, Joseph Cox from e-commerce accountants. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. And um I've got to say, it's a much more relaxed atmosphere this time. At, at, at DAS, it was a bit, um, yeah, it's quite scary, to be honest. Like it's sitting on stage, lights kind of blaring on you, loads of people and faces. And we had like, um, well, it was almost like a silent disco, wasn't it? So you had just everybody there with, with head, headphones yeah. on. And yeah. I was absolutely livid because I had my curly hair. Like I was livid, like I just had to push it back like in a hairband and it just got all squashed. Once again, like off air we were talking about girl problems, that's another girl problem. So you don't have to deal with that. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, you can just, you just lose your hair when you're a man. That's a... So for those of you who weren't at DAS, um, I had the privilege and the honour of interviewing Joe. Um, because Joe's got a really interesting story um, and it's one about niching but it's also one about capturing moments and following your instincts and your gut really and kind of seeing where the journey leads to so I found it fascinating and I know that a few people in the audience came up to me after and was like that's a really interesting journey so I had to get you back on to tell more people I'm sure they didn't say that. They, they did. They no, I'm did. joking. Yeah, thank you. Um, so if you wouldn't mind giving the audience a little bit more of an insight into what, what business you're in um, and a bit about where you are today. Yeah, sure. So I am Joseph Cox, the founder and managing partner of e-commerce accountants. And we're a UK-based accountancy that, as the name hopefully implies, specialise in working with e-commerce and online businesses. Um, we... It's been going for about seven, and we've just had our seventh birthday in August. So yeah, just just over seven years now, um, and it's gone from myself being a one man band effectively to we've got a team of almost thirty. I think we're at twenty eight, and we've got one more person starting next week. So um, kind of grown quite a lot over the years. Um, mm. I remember. Because bits will come back to me. We were talking about memory a moment ago, but bits will come back to me. I remember you talking about the challenges of growth at different stages and how you're having to overcome different hurdles every every stage. Um, and you had less staff back then, didn't you? There was there's been more since then. Yeah, I think we had um, definitely had our team was much smaller. I think um, when was that? Now was it? 
it was in the height of summer. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's boiling, wasn't it? Like, I, I remember it was basically like being in a nightclub, but it was yeah. baking hot. Um, but I think we had low 20s in terms of mm. the number of, like, number of our team. Mm. We've literally, we have just had a bit of a growth spurt. So I think we've hired uh, three people in the UK and we've started kind of testing offshoring. So we've uh, offshoring. So we've hired three people uh, in the Philippines as well. Yeah, because that, that came up as well because you were unsure about it yourself and it was something you were going to do. Ah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So before we get there and before we talk about more about the challenges that you've overcome, let's talk about where this company has come from. Like how did e-commerce accounting, which is an amazing name, like for SEO and domain purposes and doing what it says in the tin, like fantastic, but how did it, how did it originate? So it, in part was kind of by accident, um, but part of it was also SEO driven, like you said. So before starting e-commerce accountants, I had some online businesses with my friends. And before that, I was an accountant at a small firm in London. And the sort of short version of the story was I quit my job. i become a qualified accountant, quit my job, started, um, and I quit it to do the online businesses with my friends. And while running those businesses, I didn't, at the time, I didn't really enjoy being an accountant. And a couple of my friends were quite entrepreneurial. So there was like five or six companies. And I basically ended up being an in-house accountant for all of these companies. And I didn't want to do that. Um, and so I was looking for an accountant. And I, is there a clicking, by the way, coming through on this? No, I can hear. Oh, cool. Okay. It's coming through online. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to um, basically out, outsource it or kind of engage an accountant. And I mean, I was so much younger as well then. I genuinely wanted to find someone who had knowledge and experience that could add value to our business. And I just couldn't find one. And I found that every firm I spoke to, they were asking me questions, you know, like, what is Amazon or how does Amazon work? How how do these, like, how do you take the data from Amazon? Like, they, they didn't have a clue, basically. And I kind of found that I was having to explain so much to them. And I thought, like, not only am I spending time telling you what to do, but I'm also paying you. And this just feels yeah. a bit weird. Um, and then I saw, because of the SEO, I was like, this is mad. Like, the domain name e-commerce accountants was available. And I was just like, how how has nobody taken that like yeah. that's you know just no. such a good search term so yeah. bought it and then kind of fast forward a few years and I kind of got to a point in my life where I was looking for something else to do that wasn't I kind of got bored of um our our day because we bought stuff and sold it on Amazon your day would be ruined if you got a one star review mm. and you know and it just that was our life was just constantly dealing with people that had left one star reviews and trying to appease them and then it kind of got to, i think amazon got so um competitive that like compete competitors were turning up and we were selling in the states and germany and like it was quite high volumes and so i mean people i think were deliberately buying our product like competitors and leave one star reviews and just because it felt like every single time we got to a full a bar that had five stars it would kind of get a little one-star review i can't i'm not enjoying this anymore um i know i'll be an accountant instead <laughs> yeah, i've got this domain name um 
And I, I mean, I basically, I went traveling and ended up still doing like bookkeeping and VAT returns for, for my businesses and also for some friends and mm. had like a little portfolio of like 10 clients. And it was only, I, I came back from traveling and I was like, oh, I've kind of, there's something here, right? And um, that's kind of where it came from. So it's really interesting. People buy domain names all the time and then they put them in a the little stocking and they think, do you know what? I'll do something with them at some point. Um, and there are a bunch of entrepreneurs that do that. I didn't think it was as um, prevalent in the accounting space. And it probably should be because there are opportunities out there. Yeah, I probably shouldn't publicly say this, but I have so many that I've just bought because I've seen the domains available. Yeah. Um, now, I'm probably going to get caught out by having it slightly wrong, but there was one that was around like cryptocurrency, like cryptocurrency accountant, um, yeah. I think like influencer accounting or account like influencer accountant that I've got. Yeah. Um, now, there's, there's a bunch that I'm just like, oh, that's an interesting sort of emerging market. I'll, you know, if ever I wanted to do something else or... It's a brilliant emerging market. I've done a lot of research in this space and it is, uh, it's going to be huge. Like if, for, I, why it isn't huge at the moment, I, know, I don't know. Through influencers? Mm. Yeah, and I, I have thought about using that one. I'm pretty sure it's like influenceraccounting.com that we've mm. got. And the only reason I haven't is that for me, e-commerce still like we've still not fully completed it like i still think our firm isn't wholeheartedly number one like oh, we're number one on google with I, I think we're better than all of our competitors but i don't think that we're actually you know truthfully can say that we're number one and we're fully there yet in that i think there's, there's just so much more there is to do so i don't want to start you know, worrying, running around trying to focus on influencers mm. when actually I think we can do a much better job for the you know e-commerce and online businesses mm. first. And I think until we get there. So you're just hoarding them then? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if tight. anyone can't get the domain they want, then like tap Joseph up because he might just have it. You never know. <laughs> yep. And um, yeah, maybe... Yeah, I mean, it's there if I want to use it, right? Like exactly, exactly. I mean, we've all done it. Don't get me wrong, we've all done it. I've got, I have to have a like a yearly clear out of domains that I bought because the idea is there, and you think if I've got the domain, then there's a level of protection, like a level of like I might, I might get around to doing this. Yeah, and if someone else starts using it, you'll always be kicking yourself. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but what that proves to me. And what that says is there is still so many more opportunities in in accounting to get real niche with your approach. And I think niching, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to interview them in the first place, niche, niching scares the shit out of people. Like, it really does scare them. So I can't believe that. Like, it, to me, it feels like the safest. It's almost more scary to be niche, to, to niche because... For example, with influencers, I suppose another reason I haven't even tried to get started with it is I feel like you'd need to be a, it would help being an influencer yourself to to be able to really speak the language and go through the same sort of struggles that someone understands. Like I'd be more worried about saying, oh, I'm an, I'm an accountant for influencers unless I really 
did it. Whereas if you're a general practice, it's quite easy to say, oh, yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. Is that basically, I think I've just proved your point actually. Is that, is that why people are scared of it? Yeah. Um, well, people are yeah. scared of teaching, but I think what, what you've just demonstrated there is you have an affiliation with a certain industry type. So when I explain it, I say you've got natural niches. So somewhere where you've got a passion, like you might have your hobby or you might have a particular amount of experience, like say you've worked with like a big, bigger accountant and you've got lots of experience in a particular field. Those are natural niches. So you've already built up a community or an understanding of the problems. Then you have your forced niche, niches. And this is where you see like emerging markets or opportunities arise and you're not necessarily fit into that box but you could probably squeeze in if you wanted to you know and that's more of a forced niche so I think both of them still scare people because they anticipate that an accounting practice is just going to be able to serve everybody and because they're accountants and everybody needs an accountant they'll get loads of business and I think that's how they view the world yeah that it's kind of more scary even that though because if someone comes in and they, I don't know how to deal with it so mm. Let's say they're an oil rig I, or even a farm. I've got no idea. We've got no clients that are farms. Um, that would scare me. Whereas if you sell on Shopify, that's pretty straightforward. We do that all the time. Um, and it's going back to what you said, like um, when you were searching for an accountant that understood the language and how to get the data, like you needed to know that they knew what to do. Yeah, And you only get that when you specialize in a particular field. Otherwise, they'll be like, well, we do accounting, but I don't understand how to access Amazon. I don't understand what, da what, what data is there and available. Yeah, it's interesting. So niching was half by purpose, on purpose, but it also was like you saw, you saw an opportunity, you had some experience in it, and you thought, yeah, let, let's go for this. So how long was you on your own for? Uh, probably like, without proper support for like a year or two. I think it, it basically got to the point where I had maybe like 20 to 30 clients and needed a bookkeeper to help me. So that was the first sort of step. And then it kind of, what happened? I think we went from a bookkeeper for like six months and then I was like, Oh, I need someone to get, you know, do the admin. And it kind of started growing from there really. Mm. Um, based like basically like trying to look at constantly, like what tasks can I delegate? Mm. And then how can I then kind of do more stuff that's, I suppose, slightly higher value. Um, yeah. but I think the, yeah, so it was about a year or so. And then, you know and it's weird now even thinking back to to be like oh when you're hiring your first employee because nobody shows you how to do that or what you've got to do and even like anya she's still um part of our team it's pretty mad like she you know coming into some dingy little office like, like back like you know and she's like who's this young guy that doesn't know what he's doing like yeah whereas now like when people go on the website they see loads of people they yeah. like, there's a bit clearer messaging there's a bit like more professional looking it and yeah we genuinely do know so much more than we than we did when i first started because we've been mm -hmm. learning every single year um, yeah it's pretty mad i, I kind of would dread having to do it again from scratch i think yeah, which is why the domain's just sitting there. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so you're um you've gone quite away in the seven years from you know starting up on your own, having this idea and running it through. Like how um what kind of marketing did you do when it was just you? How did you handle that? So at the very beginning we I did a tiny bit of marketing. Um not much. Like actually back then if you Googled accountant for e-commerce or e-commerce accounting, like there were no real accountants on the first page of Google. Mm -hmm. There were some firms, but they, the, the pages kind of were more accounting than e-commerce. Um, but the very first research result was an Amazon for seller forum where somebody said, I'm looking for an accountant in the UK. And so I made a post. I just answered the post and just said, like, oh, hi, I'm Joe. This is my phone number. Like I'm, an, I know what I'm doing. I'm an accountant, um, and because that was the first search result on Google, I kind of got to the top of Google and I answered it like the question properly. Like the phone basically started ringing that next day. Like people, there were not not hundreds, but a few a week would just suddenly email or like phone randomly and be like, oh, "I've seen your post on that forum. Like, are you?" You know, I've been looking for an accountant that understands. Do you are yeah. you real? Like and then, uh, <laughs> and um Yeah, and then like some back then I mean a few of our clients they would even come into the my little office just to think I don't know, check me out. Like, like NAF as well back then. Um one of my longest clients, uh Stephen, he um laughs about the website even now because he's like oh, i saw your website and how bad it was but he was like this is great because you know i was on an accountant not a web developer so i could see that you know you yeah. put the right words you just didn't make the visually it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, wasn't this so all singing all dancing pretty little website it just said i'm an accountant i serve e-commerce this is what you're going to get come by for me yeah here's, here's the phone number give us a shout yeah um, that's like so under like why are, why people overcomplicate marketing is beyond me. And that, speaking from a marketing strategist point of view, some of the times the best ones, the best pieces of marketing are just slightly, like, just slightly above what other people are doing, you know? Yeah. Not like and, the big brand stuff. And then what I had also did on the side, so we didn't do any Google advertising. And to be honest, we still don't. Mm. Um, the only other thing we did was because I, I was still a seller back then. So I would still attend. There are certain events and conferences. You know, you've got like DAS, ZeroCon, mm -hmm. Accountex for accountants. Well, in whatever niche you're trying to specialize in, there will be that for your niche. Um, and so for e-commerce businesses, there are tons. There's tons of Facebook groups. Um, and basically the ones that I already went to that I enjoyed going to and I liked the speakers, I just said, hey, can I sponsor it? Like, can I... And then, and yeah, there was like the the main one I used to go to. They let me sponsor it, give out a load of flyers, and stand in front of the, on a stage and say hi. You know, hi, I'm Joe. Do you want an accountant? And again, I think I got five or six kind of clients off of that, and some of them yeah. are still clients to this day. Um, and I mean, aside from that, it's more about focusing on actually serving the clients rather than doing a good than marketing because i think um it's kind of if you do a really good job then people you kind of your clients become your marketing and again yeah. if they're part of a particular niche they will have other friends and contacts within that niche so it kind of someone on a facebook group will say i'm looking for an accountant and if you're doing such a good job you, 
you know, even if you're an e-commerce accountant, you don't like if you do such a good job and someone's fed up of another accountant in that group, they won't might not necessarily recommend us. If you're you know doing such a good job, they'll recommend you. It doesn't have to be mm. in your name. Mm. I th- yeah, absolutely. And I think lots of people, um, lots of accountants, they get word of mouth. That's historically how people have built their their practices. You know, you get your first set of clients in, you do a really good job for them. They tell other people. The problem with a general practice is that they tell people that are probably not going to be the right fit. And I think that's a really hard thing. So you've got clients of all different sizes, all different industries, all with different goals, all with different systems. And all of a sudden, that practice becomes really disjointed. And then you become uh, beige. No one knows what to start referring you for or what to thank you for unless somebody says an accountant. Like, it's it's not it's not tangible enough is it no i agree i think it's easier i mean it's an easier sell if you're an e-commerce business and you're looking for an accountant Mm. when you come on our website you know oh okay i want to work with these guys because they they know exactly what it is whereas Mm. if you went on to i'm gonna you know cox and sons you'd go well what do they you know do they really understand e-commerce they say they also work with fishermen yeah yeah, absolutely. I guess it's mixed messages almost. So, what what have, like you've grown your practice and say quite rapidly, really. So, what challenges have you come up against in this in this kind of uh, experience, this seven year experience? I mean, it doesn't feel like it's that rapid now that it's got to seven years. I feel like it's um, been quite a slow burn. I think. <laughs> I think well, first couple of years it maybe felt like that, but um, I think the biggest learning curves just is people. Like constantly, it's whether it's your internal team or managing clients, it's kind of constantly you're a service based business, so you're managing people. And like I said at the beginning, nobody teaches you how to hire someone or how to sift through CVs, and then. When you do hire them, nobody really teaches you how you're supposed to make people happy and make them want to work with you and make them like, and I suppose any of the issues that then come up, whether it's performance or someone being sick or someone having problems, like there's just all this extra stuff that you're taught how to do tax returns and you're taught how to file accounts, but you're not taught, not well, some people, yeah, you're not exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that was that's taken a lot and i think you know everyone's still learning right like i'm i'm sure in 10 years time i'll look back and go wow yeah i really didn't know what i was talking about when in 2023 but um because that's how i feel now when i look back to you know 2018 2019 um i think it's a, it's a valuable thing though to only know what you know at the time and then if you learn more information then your mind changes right like yeah. to have that openness is is a better way of looking at life Okay. Yeah, definitely. So your um your challenges have been like having the staff um or finding the right staff. That's a challenge for many other accounting firms out there. So and we've got this whole debate going on at the moment whether we get them into the office, whether we do hybrid, whether they can be fully remote. So what's your kind of views on growing your staff in today's climate? It's tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've, I mean, having just hired a few people, we 
I think we put a bookkeeping job on LinkedIn and had about 150 applicants within a day. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you've got to sift through a lot of people. Um, and sometimes the quality as well is, isn't really there. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's quite rare for us to see a CV and be like, wow, like this, this person's incredible. Um, excluding my team who are, who can overhear me in the office. <laughs> um, you are all amazing. <laughs> it's okay. They can't hear what you're saying. Just what I'm saying. Um, and I to add to that, like even then when you do find people and you offer them a job, mm. there's still stuff that can go wrong. Like we've, I think twice. So once recently we had someone effectively get cold feet a few days before. So we offered them a job and then we had to wait two months for them to finish like uni or whatever they were doing. And then week before, like three days before we get an email, oh, hi, sorry, I've got a family emergency. Um, thanks. See ya. You know, not, not kind of the letters like, have you got another job? Have you, do you not want to work that? What, what's that person felt like they'd be a great fit. Um, mm. and, and I've had it with other existing team members. One in particular, I won't name who it is, but they, they got cold feet the, like the week before. And I, I basically remember phoning them up and being like, what are you doing? Like, this is like, you're such a good fit. Like, we really want you to join our team. I like, I, I really like you, like, please basically. And then. They've since said, like, oh, I'm really glad you convinced me because they got that they worked um, in a in a kind of like a government organization, like so public sector. So they they had guaranteed pay salary and it was around it was after the first wave of COVID. So they were kind of worried about their job. And I it's kind of like, well, look, e-commerce is kind of booming at the moment. Like if there's one thing to worry about, it's, it's not that. Yeah. Um, I mean, people and, think accounting is, is boring outside of accountants, obviously, because they don't have any understanding about digital accountancy show. <laughs> people <laughs> think that accounting is boring. But if you're going to compare it to councils, oh, my God, it's exhilarating. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's boring. I think it's fantastic. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose to go back to the question of, like, like people and hiring them, like, it, it's tough. And then... You're saying like, what do you do? Do you bring people back? Do you not? It, like for us, we've got an office and we've recently got a larger office to try and encourage people to come back. But like some of our team are fully remote, like even if they're in the UK. So I feel like you can't even, you can't say you all have to come in or else because it's um, it's like double standards. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to try and make it a nice environment to make people want to come in. Um, mm. And ultimately, I don't know if that, have to have people in to have a good organization like hence you know we're speaking about offshore in and you know that actually is something we're now considering because the sort of candidates we've had are better than the average kind of candidates that you get in the uk and they're you know fraction like a fraction of the the sort of cost mm -hmm. um which in itself then can translate to you know either higher profits or at least a more competitive price for your consumer or your customers clients yeah so yeah it's a, it's a very real um it's a very real message actually of, of delivery um do you think that that's going to change the accountants of the future the firms of the future um in what way what way do you well oh. if we have a bank of remote staff and less 
UK-based accountants in smaller practices, is that going to change the way services delivered, customer experience, or is it going to even affect um, the quality of candidates coming through from from our from the UK? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that ultimately, yes, it is going to change because technology, like ultimately it's linked to technology, right? Because the reason this is can all be facilitated is because you've got Teams, Slack, Google Hangouts, the ability to just have calls instantly um, and work remotely, whereas even 10 years ago, that might have still been a bit of a struggle to do, especially to this level. Um, and yeah, it's going to impact people because honestly like the sort of the people we were interviewing in the philippines were genuinely better than most as the and we're, we're talking about um like candidates that have like university graduates from the philippines so they're coming out of uni with the same level of experience as a uk graduate mm-hmm. and yeah honestly i think they're in some ways better um at least than most um so yeah, it's going to change it. But I mean, I think you're still going to have a sort of homegrown talent as well, because like ultimately those those in offshore countries, probably as things evolve, are going to start actually working for local businesses because, yeah, or US businesses. So like the, the sort of firm we use mainly will have clients that are based in the US and New Zealand mm. and Australia. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, short answer, yes. <laughs> the the same has been going on in the marketing world for quite a while. I think the Philippines is a big player in the outsource community. I mean, we've got India as well. Um, but the Philippines, their time and their language skills, I think, are particularly, particularly good. So yeah. it's easy to communicate with. Um, so, yeah, this has been going on for, for quite a few years in the marketing world. I find the more I talk to accountants, the more I realize that there are very parallel kind of synergy synergies god i just said the word um but there is more parallel kind of comparisons between the marketing world and the accountants world if you look at how people um have gone into automation and using tech and you know the digitalization of it um and the outsourcing side there seems to be quite a lot of yeah quite a lot of similarities really yeah, but then ultimately, I know everything now turns to AI, but that's also the, on the cards, right? Like, really, that's going to then affect those service deliveries and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, AI can make very light work if if you're putting in the effort in the beginning. I think what people miss with AI, and I'm not an expert, by, and I certainly am not going to teach this because I don't know enough about it, but the mistake I see people making over and over again is thinking that AI is going to do all of the thinking for you. And it really doesn't. You have to do the thinking first. Yeah. Um, I've got no idea how accountants would use AI in their practice. Is, is it something you're testing out? No, not at all. I think um, a lot of our, like, so we use Carbon for our practice management software and they've got like an AI feature, but I mean, it's just like drafting an email and, I don't know that, that I feel like that can go horribly wrong, especially if you're not re like, changing it. So um, I, I've not really seen the benefit mm. yet. Um, I mean, it'd probably be more interesting if they, there's when it gets to the point that there's you're putting tax figures in and it's like calculating stuff for you and sort of suggesting things. But 
you know, for, for emailing a client to chase for their VAT return. I mean, we've already got sort of canned responses that we do that for, so we don't need an AI to. Yeah, you know. canned, canned responses that are in your voice with, yeah. with tried and tested. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, but it's interesting. There are definitely going to be developments there. So after staff, um, I remember you speaking about testing different staff structures, and that was really fascinating because you were quite open to having conversations about different ways of, of structuring them. So uh, did you go and do the pods thing, or is that where you where you started? No, so I think we well, the, we originally tried, I, I suppose we were in departments, so we were like accounting and bookkeeping mm. department. And then that was when we were like around 10 people to like 15. And it just feels like we were always struggling, to be honest. But that didn't work for, and didn't feel like it was working, maybe because it was putting too much pressure on the two of us that were running the two departments. And then we sort of tried to split like two teams or pods that were like mixed. So you had like some accountants and bookkeepers. Um, and then we found that that kind of run into problems because don't know like clashes of personality or like you'd have a bookkeeper in a meeting or a junior accountant in a meeting with the accountants and like you know all the accountants were talking about stuff that was going over their head and that was irrelevant and so people were feeding back like i'm in a meeting but it's boring like it's a waste of 30 minutes because everybody's talking about stuff that's irrelevant so mm. i don't want to be there um and then we i think maybe around das we were had moved back into more like departmental structures so that the accountants have their like accountants do accountant stuff and bookkeepers do that and actually recently this last couple of weeks we've broken now the like bookkeeping structure into like two teams so this we're still it, at the moment it still feels like sort of departmental structures are what work at least for us is that is that the traditional method now i'm not i've kind of lost it i've heard so many people talk about pods and and having like an accountant with junior account like mixed levels yeah um but i just i always thought that pods would be really useful for um different niches so if you were to have a general practice but you had specific segments that you worked with like vastly worked with then you could set up these pods for those different niches so they can become specialists because bookkeepers need to know the industry as well as the accountant and, and vice versa to be able to deliver the information in the right manner. So, yeah, I always, always thought niche pods might be an interesting one. But... Yeah, although if you had a general, like if you had little pods and, and they were general or generalists, you know, if as long as you had like a really good um, I suppose it would each leader would need to be really good and really flexible and then to be able to transfer that knowledge to the people in in the pod because mm. if you had a I don't know a dentist client and you were able to kind of transfer that knowledge to the other people in that pod then it would work I guess you'd have to have really good problem solving skills mm. um, then I could see it working but I think in our firm, like having pods while we're niched just doesn't, it, it just hasn't worked for us. Um, so it's more, I, I find it's more like putting people in the right position for their role to to help them do a good job rather than trying to force them like into a smaller, smaller team, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does. I think what I really, really appreciate is how you're testing, obviously testing stuff out. And there isn't a right answer until you've found the right answer. And that's yeah. really important because people have, like in all walks of life, get fed information all of the time to say, this is the right way. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the right way. It's just the right way that it's worked for somebody else. Yeah, totally. And it's also so much work to change, like mm-hmm. trying to, especially even at our size now, like 20 odd people to try and say to your team, okay, we're changing structure. We're, you're now reporting to this person and this is how you got to do things. It's like, it's, yeah. it's a big headache. Change for change's sake. Yeah. And even if it's for good change, like for a good reason, you've not only got to encourage everyone to do change because people don't like change. You've got to, you know, you've got to like build a new process. You've got to get, encourage everyone to adopt the process. Then you've got to like follow up. Oh, so much work. <laughs> so you're removed from accounting now. Are you just leading the business? You're not doing any of the, the work? Yeah. Yeah. How has that changed for you? It's... In some ways, I miss it. Like, it's quite fun. I you like coming into work and knowing what you're doing? So, like, in some <laughs> ways, I'm having to make it up every single day. <laughs> basically, yeah. Like, I wake up and I'm like, what What do I need to do? Or what, what problem is shouting the loudest or broken yeah. the most? And then you, your kind of job at this level is just always dealing with stuff that's broken or doesn't work or, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of can be exhausting um but it also brings its rewards in that you kind of get a nice varied workload and when you do get there are times you know when you're ahead of of all of that stuff and then you can feel like you're really building the firm and kind of getting it like i said to that position where you feel like you're number one and sort of doing what i'd call like balance sheet activity rather than pnl activity so you're like any time you're putting into the business you're you're building out the balance sheet rather than just throwing it away um uh, if any there's been any accountants speak on here that was it very good all right so i'm going to bring this to a close but i would i would talk to you for ages like you've got such fascinating experience and you're so honest and truthful with it there is a lot to learn um so thank you for sharing but there is one final question joe <laughs> this gonna- question the the question that you blindsided me with in an on a stage with 50 or so people looking at me with silent headphones on that was so unfair like at least here with the podcast you've like you, your automators say by the way i'm going to ask a question it's up to you to look it up yeah i was just i was so scared anyway on a stage but okay let's oh it's it's a fun question and um yeah, and I, I just wanted to see your response. It took a lot for me to, to not warn you about that, by the way. Like, it took everything in me to say, no, don't talk about it. Just ask him and see what he says. So, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. At least if you told me just before I got on the stage, that would have thrown me and made it even worse. So it was better that it was on the... Yeah, that's all you would have been talking about. So I think for the people who are regular listeners and get to the end of the podcast, because, you know, time is precious, but for the people that get to the end of the podcast, they know the question. So, Joe, what is the sexiest thing about accountants? What is the sexiest thing about accountants? And bearing in mind that I've had time now to prepare this after being blindsided. Um, Better be good. 
I've given it a lot of thought. I've had sleepless nights over it. But I'd say if there was one thing that I had to choose that was, you know, that really said what was sexy about accountants, I'd say it's that we make financial problems climax with solutions that leave both parties satisfied. Oh, you really have thought about it. It took a lot. I couldn't have thought of that on the spot. <laughs> took me about seven months. <laughs> I think my answer at the time was, uh, our chat. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm blushing. I don't know what to do. <laughs> that is amazing. Right, just say it for me one more time because that's prepared. So climax. Let's, let's go Yeah, that. basically, I just wanted to shoehorn the word climax in there. Um it's if I had to pick one thing about what makes an accountant sexy, it's that we make financial problems climax with solutions that leave everyone satisfied. Very good. You and won't think... sound like <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna have me saying climax on repeat. <laughs> gonna make you into a, um, a, a, a tiktok star <laughs> please i would love that <laughs> uh, right so thank you ever so much for coming on and sharing what, your journey with us can i just what? ask so what's the best answer that anybody's obviously aside from mine that anybody's yeah. ever had to give for that because yeah. it's gonna be hard to beat that one um but i think jenny came on and did a poem um a kind of sick uh, not a poem, what's it called? A 60 second. Do you know when you go to a networking group and you have to do your 60 seconds? And it was full of innuendos. <laughs> um, but generally, they're, they're pretty much the same. It's all about value. And that's what this podcast is about, is to help the accountants actually recognize that they've got some value in there and that, you know, people need them. So that's where people go. I did listen to the last few because I was like, oh, should I try and say something, you know, silly like that or um something serious and I, most of them were all you know oh it's the sort of yeah the, the fact yeah. that we, we might not be sexy but we deliver you know we help yeah. people's lives which i think is really the the truth of it rather than uh, yeah. well i do I, I do hope you help your customers climax as long as everyone's satisfied it's fine <laughs> right i'm gonna cut this there before this gets x-rated i'm gonna have to put a little marker on it so thank you very much for being my guest. Um, and I will point people in your direction if they want to look you up. Thank you, Kelly. It's been a <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. We've got a ton more guests already lined up and I can't wait to share that with you. Please also remember to check out our sponsor, Charterpath. They're bridging the gap between financial skills and the nonprofit sector. And if you're looking at growing your practice and wondering what is the next step for you or how to do that, maybe you want to check out Accounting Pirates as well. We've got a treasure chest of support there that might be able to help you get to your next level.